everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace, here today to talk about an original graphic novel called Beyond. I have the creator, Andrew Howell, the cartoonist, uh, joining me today. Andrew, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so uh, this award-winning graphic novel, Beyond, really talks a lot about the human condition in a way. Uh, Very fascinating uh, and I think really explores a lot of of what it really means, you know, loss and to be human and relationships and connections and that sort of thing. So um, let let me give you the chance to kind of give the elevator pitch and and in your words, what is this, uh, what is this work all about? So yeah, the long and short of it is beyond is a graphic novel where the main character dies in the very beginning and we follow their adventures through the afterlife. So it's very much in the style and of Beetlejuice, lots of colorful ghosts, monsters, ghoulies, and a lot of humor and kind of lightheartedness infused into it, even though there is dark subject matter and uh, dark themes being touched upon. But, you know, I like my silly drawings, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, what really strikes me about it. This juxtaposition of, of you know, you using your your cartooning, the humor, um, and as you said, you know, the silly drawings to really deal with a subject matter that, you know, our own mortality, right? As a as a human species, none of none of us is going to live forever. Uh, you can choose to think of that as depressing, or you can choose to you know celebrate life and uh, kind of. Who knows what the you know what comes after? But uh, really, an interesting exploration. Is this something that you had been planning for a long time? Like, give us some ideas of the impetus of the project. Not, not really. <laughs> um, okay, I've been drawing for as long as I can remember, and I've had all sorts of story ideas rattling around inside of my head. And like right now, I'm working on a big big science fiction story and that's something i've been thinking of since i was a teenager but this uh beyond like i got together with a high school buddy and he said hey we should make a book and we kind of sat down one afternoon and came up with this idea about ghosts and stuffy british people so yeah i'm not sure what else to say about the process it's a lot of the details changed throughout the creation of it. I worked on this book from 2015 to 2017. And when you spend that long working on a book, like, of course, the initial plan you come up with, nothing ever stays the same. It's always going to grow and change. Yeah, that was actually going to be my my next question. Uh, you know, if, if this wasn't an idea that it had been kicking around for a long time and you kind of came up with it on the fly, did you kind of realize along the way that some of the things that you wanted to explore, like mortality and relationships and and kind of the emotion of it, and of course, always injected with humor, like your work usually is, but did you find as you were developing the story that these were ideas that you kind of wanted to uh, explore, or was it always from the standpoint of, I just want to tell a funny story and the themes kind of handle themselves? It's, uh, no, 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 I always... Um... Even, uh, okay, my very first webcomic project was a site called Jolly Biscuit, and it's just stupid little weekly funny type comics. No story or rhyme or reason or sense to any of it. But I I still like speaking 
what's on my mind. And I take it an interest in politics and in history and in science and go down the list of uh, all the hot to- topic issues of the day. And I want to speak my mind. And when we're talking about mortality and death, like these are some of the biggest questions out there and there's all sorts of thoughts. So of of course it's going to go there. And of course people, these questions are just naturally going to present themselves when you're writing this sort of story. So when I was released again, because these are uh, sort of relatable themes, right? Like we all can relate to the idea of of mortality. None of us are going to live forever. Uh, So was the reaction kind of what you had hoped for? Did it kind of start a conversation? Uh, I think this said, you know, you mentioned Jolly Biscuit. This was a little skewed, a little darker, <laughs> you know, it still had the humor, but a little darker than things that you had, had done before. So what was the reception like? Was it, uh, were, were people surprised that you were, you know, kind of taking this different tact or what have you? Uh, a lot of my longtime fans, <sighs> A lot of the audience carried over. It's different, but it's not so different. Um, I mean, what I had been working on previously with Jolly Biscuit was very cynical, very tongue-in-cheek sort of satire of the modern world. And I I think a lot of that carries over. Uh, I was quite pleased with the reception. Uh, What I missed the most was when you end on a cliffhanger, and then you get the legions of people speculating what, what's right. going to happen next. It's, it's it's nice when you're kind of the mastermind of all of it and you, you get to see all this buzz. Yeah, because this was something different. You, know, you mentioned doing web comics previously where you're doing it kind of serialized. This was kind of an all at once sort of uh, project. So in terms of creatively, you mentioned working on it for two years. Were there any other challenges or was it just a matter of, God, I got to buckle down and work on it when I have time and and eventually I'll get to the end? (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Unfortunately, a lot of making art is just having a good work schedule there. Of of course, there's passion and uh, interest and talent and all these other things that go into it. But it's, are you able to, Every day, can you put in an hour? Can you put in two hours? What's uh, figure it out? Can you do a page every week? Can you do two pages? So there's a lot of experimentation and trial and error. And I had already had a history with web comics for about a, a year, a couple of years beforehand, and I had a good idea of what I was capable of. So uh, you mentioned that you're working on a big sprawling uh, sci-fi epic now. Um, is and that's going to be something that's uh released similarly to beyond where it's going to be kind of an all at once as opposed to um, the web comics you've done in the past well both the science fiction i'm working on now and beyond i released them page by page online as i was making it and i think a few artists have done that like andy weir who did the martian i believe he released that chapter by chapter right on it and i think edits were made along the way because when you put it out for the audience and people go like um actually that's not how this science works or wait doesn't this contradict this so it it can be handy to have a fresh set of eyes 
And this science fiction project I'm working on, I've been working on it for six years so far. And I'm hoping that it's only going to take one more year. It's uh, a little bit longer than beyond. And there's so, quite a bit more going into it. So, so if people want to want to check that out as you're releasing it, is it on that website, Jolly Biscuit, or is there another place where they should go to uh, to see it? Yes. Uh, for anyone interested in my work, or if you want to get a copy of Beyond, go to jollybiscuit.com. I have a store page and all my social media uh, links, all, everything. Everything you need to know about me is there. I'll put a link, everybody, in the show notes to the website as well. So if you're having trouble finding it, you can just go and click there. Um, when it comes to creating this this work, especially, you know, there's such a, a difference, right, between the two um the sci-fi project obviously something you've been kicking around since you were a teenager and working on it for so long and beyond you know kind of a much shorter uh gestation period if you will any difference in the creative process uh you know i know it's always different when you kind of write for yourself uh, and i think there's some truth to, to you know as a cartoonist thinking story-wise visually as opposed to even other comic artists that I've talked to that kind of work more in superhero genre or, or that kind of space where they they really separate those processes out. They'll write themselves a script. You know, the writer part of themselves write themselves a script and then the artist part of them actually draws it. Um, what's your process like? Is it writing things out? Is it just going right to thumbnail in terms of storytelling and that sort of thing? It's a bit of a scatter shot. There's sometimes you're in the shower and you come up with the idea. Um, and, and I know um, the old writing process with some of the old Marvel comics was they would draw the location first and go, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they mm -hmm. write based on that. So some of my best inspiration came to me while I was sitting in a university lecture hall bored out of my mind. <laughs> and when I was making Beyond, I was still in university. I was a really terrible student, by the way. And especially when you take option courses, like I took anthropology and I took a course on natural disasters and history and just uh, the inspiration will come from places you'd never expect. So I'd encourage people to always stay curious and never stop learning. But on top of that, yeah, sometimes you'll come up with a character and you're borrowing traits from these known uh, cliches and archetypes, and then it'll just sort of naturally write itself, get, okay, this one character is maybe more of a goth, and put them together. What are they going to say to each other? And... Sometimes you'll just be sitting in a room beating your head against the wall for five hours. And just trying to come up with the idea. Yeah, and you say enough is enough. And you pick uh, that is, yeah, you know, that is something I do hear from a lot of uh, creators. You got to kind of get out there and experience life, you know. Um, it, and I know I, this is especially true, see what your experience has been. Creators that are just getting started, Sometimes they'll feel guilty going to a movie or watching TV or playing a video game or whatever. And they think I should be working on my craft. But if you don't take the time to kind of recharge your batteries and experience other, you know, creative endeavors, other story and what have you, uh, I feel like you kind of stagnate. Do you find that to be true? Yeah. 
uh, humans are very, very unoriginal creatures. <laughs> it's all been done before. Uh, all art is just ripping off each other or ripping off this neat thing that we saw in nature this one time. So don't, you know, the line between plagiarism and taking inspiration is a very fine line. And I would encourage you to always think about that and think about, okay, am I stealing? Is this acceptable? Uh, push the boundaries, but also play it safe. It's a, it's a balancing act. Right. But I, I think the other uh, important part of that too, is just, I mean, you, you might be working on something sci-fi like you're, you know, working on, and you might go and watch a Western and it may spark an idea, you know, like you were saying in these boring, you know, boring university classes you're taking, you never know where inspiration is going to come from. You get the seed of an idea and it grows into something else. It could be a sentence. It could be an image. It could be, you know, whatever. But I think the important thing is to remember to keep, to keep bringing things in that can help it kind of add to your toolbox, if you will. Mm -hmm. And plus you're, you know, you're just going to have to refresh yourself on the stuff, you know, like you might've gone to school and you might've learned this technique or this uh, logic behind story and world building and years will go by and you'll just forget things. So if you're constantly consuming, if you're consulting with others, if you're looking at tutorials or listening to podcasts, you're going to rediscover things that you maybe forgot about. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, getting back to Beyond as a as a story, uh, and you know, you maybe can speak to this for the sci-fi project as well. When you're self-publishing, when you're creating the story, you don't necessarily have you know, any sort of obligations, like you were mentioning, as far as deadlines and what have you, how do you know when the story's done? How do you know when you've said what you need to say? Uh, I, I talk to, especially artists, a lot of times that say they can get stuck in the weeds of, you know, going back and nothing's ever really perfect and you're never hundred percent satisfied with it. But at some point you've kind of got to let it go and, and kind of put it out there in the world. How do you handle that sort of uh, approach and know, do you have an ending in mind when you start the story? Like, how do you approach that? So one thing for me is my brain likes nice round numbers. So beyond, I was aiming to make it 200 pages and it's a little bit more. I think it's 219 thereabouts. But once I got to that area, I had ideas for other chapters and like B and C plot lines. And then you realize like, nah, that's just not important. It has to go. And likewise for this other story I'm writing now, it's not 200, it's 300, but still a nice, satisfying, crunchy number. So is it and, something that's a, a little more instinctual or just you get to that certain point and you go, yeah, I think this is kind of a good, a good spot. I've said what I need to say about this uh, subject matter. Yeah, it, it comes with experience. I've, I've been making art my whole life. I've been publishing content online for over a decade now. And I cannot stand to look at my old work <laughs> anymore. I I made a book before. Friends and family say it's fine. I, I hate it. <laughs> but you keep doing it. You keep consuming other people's work. And also, this is my nine-to-five job. 
I do storyboards um, and writing for an animation studio. So I have this as a hobby and then I'm doing that as my full-time job. And right. you're, you're just going to learn things. You're going to get a feeling for it. It's very hard to compress it down into a nice two minute answer. Right. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think it comes, it comes down to experience, as you said. And it's funny you mentioned previous work. Cause I was going to ask you that something I wanted to touch on. Um, especially when you've been doing it as long as you have, you know, you've won awards, you've been recognized for your work. Um, but even as an artist, you always have to keep evolving. You know, you mentioned staying curious and, and to keep learning. And, uh, but yeah, it can be kind of cringy to go back in the beginning. And I've found that a lot of creatives are their own harshest critic. And it sounds like you kind of fit into that mold, right? Oh yeah. Plus um, I, I started creating when I was a teenager and like this was the first uh, drawing tablet I ever got. So the the lines are really wobbly and the shading just really isn't nice. And it's just keep looking forward. <laughs> keep looking forward. It gets better. Uh, but you, have, you do have to feel like if you do look back at that stuff and then look at your stuff now, how, well, how far have I come, right? I mean, there has to be some gratification in that. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm ever in a good mood, um, there is a sense of nostalgia and accomplishment and you, you do have to catch me on a good day, but I can look <laughs> back and go, oh, okay, wow, I, I've come a long way. And you know what, this, this was good. I'm, I'm happy with this. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, being that you have been doing this for so long, self-publishing and, and uh, especially doing it as a webcomic, um, there's never been a lower barrier entry for somebody who wants it to be creative, right. To, to get their work out there. It's a lot easier than it was in the past before the internet. Certainly, you know, you were drawing a binder paper maybe and running it down to Kinko's or what have you to make copies. Um, but there is no barrier entry right now. If you want to be a, a comic creator. So what advice would you have for somebody that wants to, to get into sequential storytelling and um, you know, and, and really dip their toe in and see if there's something there for them. Stay out of my turf. <laughs> it's, um, I will say it's, like you said, uh, the barriers to entry, it's very easy to get into it. Um, but it is such an oversaturated market that it's very hard to stand out. Uh, maintaining engagement is something that even today... I struggle with so get into it if it's something you're passionate about and whether or not you become popular like this is just something you want to do and it'll make you feel good don't get into it for the wrong reasons success isn't guaranteed and what else would i recommend uh drawing tablets are pretty cheap you can get, a, I mean, mine has a screen on it, but mm -hmm. you can get uh, get a nice Wacom for 50, 20 bucks, maybe. You will have to learn to look at the screen and draw with your hand down there, which uh, it's a learning curve, but give it a month and you'll be good. Yeah, so it sounds like um, maybe the best way to kind of phrase it for somebody who's looking to get, get into it. If you're looking to get into it, 
to be super successful and have all these eyes on it or what have you, you may be barking at the wrong tree. You you have to be satisfied with just creating the work and having it out there and, and you know, kind of hope you light, lightning strikes, right? And and people discover it. Would you say that's true? Yes. And also engage with the community. Just having other artist friends or connecting with your fans. I made a little Discord group that I'll chat or sometimes play games with some of my fans. That will you will get inspiration from that. You'll get some sense of fulfillment and community out of that. And knowing more artists and talking with other artists, I mean, this is networking and this will increase your chances of being successful. If you have any opinion about uh, platforms like Webtoon or uh, our Tapas or anything like that, as opposed to going, you know, true, truly self-published with your own website, do you think one is better than the other? I mean, I do. I do them all. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Tapas and Webtoons. Uh, tapas and webtoons definitely have their favorites. There's a number of artists that they've invested a lot into, and they're going to push them in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had, I've had mixed success on different platforms. Like I'll have a couple thousand Facebook followers, but then only a few dozen Instagram followers. So and then I'll get millions of hits on Reddit, but then I'll get thumbed down into oblivion on Imager. So <laughs> you just never know. Yeah, you you never know. And so, Tapas and Webtoons, they're they're fine platforms. They're fine, but it's not the end all be all. So diversify, kind of get your fingers in all sorts of different pies because you never know what where it might hit. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be a bit exhausting keeping up with all of them. But. Right. Yeah, but again, uh, everyone, do it for the love of the work, and you know, build that community, and and who knows where it, where it might go. Uh, well, it's been uh, fantastic talking to you, Andrew. As we're winding down here, um, anybody who wants to discover uh, beyond, and and maybe they're on the fence. What would you tell them? Like, why should they pick it up? What is really um, the reason that you want people to, d- to discover it and to, and to check it out. I like it. Well, I want people to read it cause I like it when people like my stuff, <laughs> if you like ghost stories, if you like the supernatural, if you like fantasy, uh, frankly, if you're just a fan of nerd culture in general, it's that kind of vibe. If, if you like silliness and zaniness, if you like Beetlejuice, as I yeah, mentioned, yeah. that was the biggest uh, inspiration. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I love the Beetlejuice uh, comparison because, yeah, that that wackiness of, you know, shrunken heads and, you know, waiting rooms where your number is, you know, 14 uh, digits long, that sort of craziness. Uh, it's, yeah, it's 100%. So, uh, well, best of luck with the Sci Fi Project. Uh, everybody, don't forget, um, I'll put a link to Andrew's uh, website in the show notes. You can go, you can order Beyond there. You can check out his current project. You can check out his previous work. Uh, and then, as far as um, any other place online, social media, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, um, all the links are on the uh, the website as well, correct? 
Yeah, correct. Everything's on jollybiscuit.com. Great. Uh, well, again, Andrew, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Uh, and to all your listeners, I want to thank you for joining us as always. Uh, go check out jollybiscuit.com and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for having me. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.